Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And when it comes to talking about business, technology, finance, um, one of my favorite people to visit with is our guest this segment, Cody Willard, longtime regular here on the Price of Business. You know him from Fox Business or from CNBC or his hedge fund or his newsletter, which uh, I'm a huge fan of his newsletter, Trading with Cody at tradingwithcody.com. It's the website. Cody, kind of give us a, you know, fill in some gaps there. I gave a good little uh, pan- panoramic overview of what you do, but uh, uh, talk yeah, about what so makes you, what your approach to, to investing unique. Uh, I have my own take on that. I think I think you're very forward thinking in a industry that can be uh, very uh, backward thinking, and uh, to me, it's really important to be looking forward. But talk a little bit about that. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, I, I, you gave a great overview. I would add that I actually have a folk country rock fusion band called the Muddy Souls. You can find this on YouTube. There's two bands. Some other band copied our name, and now there's another band on there. But anyway, yeah, uh, that, that's not quite my day job, though. Um, right. It, uh, the hedge fund is my day job, and, and investing and writing about investing is sort of what I've done for – 30 years now, um, and the idea I, like, that you're hinting at there that I try to do is I want to find giant multi-trillion dollar trends that are not yet here. And so back in 2008, I was pounding the table about the smartphone revolution. In 2013 and 14, I was all in the Bitcoin revolution. And these days, I think the next revolution is probably – there's three of them. Number one is space, the space revolution. Number two, uh, the, the re-domestication of the supply chain revolution, which I think you and I will talk a little bit more here today. And then the third one is the biotech revolution, which I think has already been around, but it's about to have a resurgence. But today I think we're going to talk somewhat about uh, the, what I call the re-domestication of the supply chain revolution, which is a terrible very wordy phrase, and maybe I, I like your I other one. A better one. I like your other one, onshoring. I like onshoring. Yeah, the, on, the onshoring revolution. That is a better phrase. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, what, I mean, you, you want to sort of set it up for us a little bit, and then I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll the onshoring on. revolution, which, which I have, you know, mixed feelings about this move towards aggressive onshoring, you know, as a free market guy, I do believe what, you know, the, the, the fundamental idea that, you know, if goods are not crossing borders, troops are, you know, and, and the world feels a lot like uh, the 1930s, with, uh, which, by the way, started with the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act of uh, 1929, you know, where all of a sudden all of these global customers uh, uh, ended up finding themselves as adversaries and a militarized trade leading to World War II. You know, the Japanese forever believed the smooth holly Tariff Act is what led them to attack the United States. You know, and so, uh, you know, so a lot of what we're talking about kind of defies the laws of comparative advantage, another real free market idea. Most people don't want tea made and, and you know, coming from the North Pole. I mean, coffee coming from the North Pole. I don't think it's going to grow there anyway. You know, but certain countries have certain advantages, and we disregard that for kind of a militaristic, chauvinistic approach. On the other hand, you know, the idea of having all of our chips come from a place that is essentially an, an enemy and has been for quite some time, like China, 
uh, that's, that's dicey too. And so to me, you know, how do you do it and have a balanced approach, not destroy the economics of it, you know, because the costs go up whenever things come from places where it don't logically come from or it's more expensive to make. You know, jump into this. Well, what's going to be the tension, right, tension to help keep it safe? In the current global setup here, the, the world depends upon Taiwan Semiconductor. The, the most advanced chips in the world all come from Taiwan Semiconductor. And even a lot of the non-most advanced chips in the world come from Taiwan Semiconductor. And Taiwan, if you've been following the news at all, is where Pelosi just visited. And it's a disputed territory by, by China. And um, Taiwan Semiconductor is it basically got a monopoly on the biggest, on the most advanced chips supplied to the world. So Taiwan Semiconductor, if China were to eventually someday go into Taiwan, they could shut conceivably shut down the supply of Apple chips, Tesla chips, the United States military chips, every major company on the planet, NVIDIA chips, AMD chips. They're all made by one company, Taiwan Semiconductor. And that is a national security risk if there ever was one. And, you know, you yeah. and I, Kevin, have spent years talking about how – what I call the Republican Democrat regime is always pretending that they're, you know, when they're always pretending they're doing good for the world when they're sending out these, these trillion dollar corporate welfare subsidy packages and crap, like even the most recent one that passed this week. But the chips act is the first time probably in my entire life that I have seen a bill from these people that subsidizes a giant corporation, and I think, my gosh, we actually have to do that. We have to get Intel building fabs in the United States of the most advanced chips making technology that can then supply these domestic companies. And if we don't do that, somewhere in the next few years, it is likely that there is disputes on trying to get our chips from Taiwan to here. And so, look, you know, the CHIPS Act passed last week, and it, you know, it entails tens of billions of dollars for companies like Intel that are already very profitable and don't need the money. But look, they're going to advance as quickly as possible the investments in these new fabs, these factories that make these chips in the United States in large part because that bill passed. And so, look, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and even on this case be like, we need to do it or something. I'm so glad they did it. And full disclosure, Intel is one of my largest positions in the hedge fund, and it was before they passed this, before they even proposed this idea, because I do believe that Intel is going to advance itself and become the Western world's monopoly on the most advanced chip making. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and you know, and again, I uh, unfortunately there are exceptions to rules. I, I, I know from talking to you, your concerns about crony capitalism are as great or greater than mine. Uh, you know, and your concerns about uh, xenophobia, 
global economic xenophobia, uh, you know, are, are great too. But at the same time, you know, what do you do? Uh, it, it, the potential for shutdown, as you pointed out, is off the chart. It, it kind of reminds you of, of having all your eggs in one basket. And what a vulnerable one, 80 miles away from China. <laughs> and, and, and literally on the other side of the planet from us. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy that the... The, the the world, the geopolitical, the technology, all of the trends somehow aligned such that that became the case. That a company on a tiny island with just 23 million people, basically, you know, the population of New York, not New York City, but the whole state maybe, but 23 million people. And on this tiny island, 70 miles from China, like you just said, and that's where every company that you know, like the entire Western civilization as we currently know it would shut down if Taiwan Semiconductor got shut down. Yeah, if, if our Incredible. access to Taiwan Semiconductor got shut down. It's just unbelievable that we somehow allowed, not even allowed it, that somehow the economics of it all played out that that happened. But now that it's here, all we've right. got to figure it out. Final thoughts on this. Final, Look, final thoughts, particularly actionable, actionable thoughts uh, uh, on this, so, Cody. Yeah, so it's not just chips, but I think even underwear and everywhere else around, every other thing that you buy at a store is probably being reevaluated whether they should be sourcing it from China. So you want to buy factory suppliers like Rockwell Automation, ROK. Full disclosure, I own all these companies in my personal account and in my hedge fund. Um, and Intel, probably my, my second pick on the, the two picks on this trend. I'm always working and looking for new ideas in the same vein because I do think this is a multi-trillion dollar, multi-year trend that we want to get in front of. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Always enjoy it, Cody Willard. Make sure you check him out, tradingwithcody.com. I'm Kevin Price. Stay tuned for more.